I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Are you dead? You have to listen to all of it. She's dead. Okay. Wrapped in plastic. I'm starting at the top. I missed Jack back there. Started at 26 seconds. 26 must seconds. be dead. Do me a favor, I'm gonna hit play when I get that man talk for a bit. I'm gonna use this audio. Alright, ready, set, go. Today, Princess Elizabeth is herself to take part in the children's hour and speak to the children of the empire at home and overseas. She was the Queen of England, right? Both both Coolio and Princess Diana were the Queen of England. Some people have told me that Princess Diana was killed with her bare hands by the Queen. And Uh, I'm inclined to believe that. I think that's true. All right, good. Guys, I don't know if I'm on board with this whole episode. I know you haven't even started it yet, but how are we going to roast the monarchy? Our overlords. Very very easily. Yeah. So we have a great dynamic. Oh, hi. Welcome to Roast Mortem. You belong here. Um, I'm Tom. I'm Travis. And I'm Connor. Mike's not here tonight. We don't care for him. Um, We have a dynamic here tonight. So we have Connor, the Irishman, the guy who's not allowed on planes. Because of right. his Irishness. <laughs> uh, Travis, a loyalist, someone who powders his cock and wig nearly every day uh, every. To tell, <laughs> and tells me and texts me something uh, false about America. My pubes are curled and powdered. Yeah. And me, an American, uh, as true blue American as you can be. Um, you guys are both my friends, but we're going to have a fight tonight, right? A little oh, bit, yeah. probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Connor are going to be on the same team, though. You the know, real fight's I, coming next episode. Yeah, you know, I've roasted some monarchs in the past, but they're all bad ones. They're all, you know, yeah, King King uh, Richard, the Lionheart, he was French. Now we're talking about the real royalty. we got to show us some respect. Sure. That's right. We're talking about Germans. <laughs> the Shut real royalty. The Germans and the Dutch, <laughs> as we'll see. Das royalty. Yeah. Well, oh, man. That's right, well, though. I, we will be talking about Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, the big one. The big one. My mother was so upset when I said we were doing this episode. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Did Mine you say too. we should let her rest in peace a little longer? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Why leave these people alone? They don't deserve it. That's really what it comes down to. It's a petty show, what we do here. This is not <laughs> what we think about all the time. This is just what we think about for an hour and a half while we're hanging out. Yeah. And getting yeah. as low as we can. Maybe this one will be thinking it'll, it'll be more <laughs> what we're actually thinking. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But don't worry. Um, so we have to start where any. Well, wait. Are we, how was your weeks? <laughs> we're just kind of jumping in. I don't, I, I don't care. I think I had a bad week. Uh, it doesn't uh, matter. My week. I have. I feel like I go through phases. I drink coffee a lot and then I drink a lot of tea. And I think in honor of this episode, I've just been drinking nonstop black Yorkshire gold tea. So you switched to tea. Yeah, I've switched to tea. Have you been watching Wallace and Gromit and black books and eating cheese on crumpets? Yeah, I'm essentially what I mean, I know there's an Anglophile, but I'm like the weeb of England. <laughs> there should an be angle, a word. An Anglo weeble. Yeah, an ang- <laughs> Anglo-y-y. <laughs> All right, well, 
But yeah, I've been drinking a lot of tea. I have had some crumpets with clotted cream. I found that around the corner. Whew. I don't know why clotted cream is an American thing. It's just bad branding. That's all. What is what is clotted cream? It's like old milk. So it spreads that, really well. It's obviously the branding that's <laughs> yeah. why it's not selling. <laughs> Look, you know what? You know, whenever you make a toast or a crumpet or something, you got a hard lump of butter. You just can't do that with clotted cream because it's always soft. It's uh, utter cum. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Connor, yeah. how was your week? My week was good. Um, I had a birthday, uh, which Happy was nice. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Got to yeah. eat, uh, got treated to some nice Italian food, thanks to Lizzie. Mm. And then uh, went out and drank somewhere between five to nine Guinnesses. Oh, it's yeah. a good area to be lost in. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in that range. And then you took out your checkbook and wrote a check to a blank check to the IRA in honor of your birthday. Yes. Okay. As as I do every year. Every year. <laughs> a dollar for each year I turn. It's it not much, up. but it's it's what I can do. It adds up. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Very good. I like that. So let's let's jump into disrespecting the sovereign. Yes. Let's do that. And as I mentioned. You were saying, well, now we're talking about the real royalty. And I said they're German. So I want to explain just how a bunch of Germans and Dutch people became the kings and queens of England for the last 300 plus years. Because that's right. what they've been. Love it. So let's start in 1701. England has a major problem at the time. Uh, the lines of succession have all been thrown into confusion. Uh, the 1700s or 1600s were not very good for England. They had plagues, civil war. Uh, they lost their king for an extended period of time. Then they brought back some different kings. Lots of disagreements between all the Protestants and Catholics and all the religious zealots. Now, when you say they you, they lost their king, was, did he just go to Ikea or something? And then no, he got they, lost somewhere? they yes. chopped off his head and exiled his son and uh. then invited his son back like 14 years later and were like, our bad. Sounds French. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like my experiences at Ikea. Yeah. Yep. Our bad. Come on back. And then like 10 years after that, we're like, wait a minute. Now you're Catholic. We don't want you anymore. And then they had to pick some uh, some different people. Those different people they picked were Mary and William of Orange. Um, they were Dutch. That's why they're of Orange. And they died with no kids. So this is why in 1701, Everyone's like, who's going to be our uh, next king? Because the queen at the time is Queen Anne. Uh, now, Anne was an interesting character. She was the um, sister and brother-in-law of William and Mary and had 17 pregnancies throughout her life. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Fun woman. It's a baby farm. Yeah. Uh, it's not a not doesn't sound pleasant at all, though, because only five of them survived until birth. Ah, uh, until birth. Yeah. It sounds like a caveat after. Like those yeah. five die immediately after. <laughs> well, the oldest was the one who died in 1701, which caused everyone to freak out because now Anne has no successors. Um, and he was 11 years old. And he was the oldest child to survive. Could you imagine a, a whole country going into panic because an 11-year-old died? <laughs> like, like imagine if, like, imagine if men were upset about Gabby Petito. That's what that would be. <laughs> <laughs> we have to change everything. 
not just men, but like, what if like that was the most important thing that the Senate and the House of Representatives had to talk about was right. that she that this eleven year old is dead? Like, that's the the, the number one issue: dead eleven year olds. What did it offer? Well, it was going <laughs> to do something. It was going to be very good at sports. <laughs> it was going to dressage with the horses. Yeah. Um, so there was still other people who would be the successors, just no one that anyone liked because it was all a line of Catholics coming up. And oh. England really, really did not want a Catholic king. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Yeah. So in 1701, Parliament passes what are called the Acts of Settlement. Um, this is to settle the issue of succession, and they pick Anne's successor. Now, they pick a random, sort of random Dutch noblewoman named Sophia of Hanover. Yes, she is Dutch. Her title is German, and England has just chosen her to be the heir to the throne. Do you know anything about any of the other runner-ups? What made her uh, stick out? Well, she wasn't Catholic. That was it. Uh. There were 50 people at least who had better claims in terms of like direct line of succession and they were all Catholics. So they're all out or they had married Catholics. So they were out. So this is what the Royals do. They get around, they play bingo to see who wants to be King. Yeah. Queen. Yeah. So she, whatever. Yeah. The the granddaughter of King James. And this is kind of confusing. He's King James the sixth and first. Because he's one of the first guys who's kings of Scotland and England. And so he's the King James the sixth of Scotland and first of England. And he's the first one who's king of both. Um, so she's his granddaughter, but he had like a bunch of kids and a bunch of other grandkids. And she just kind of skips to front because she's, again, not Catholic. Right. I, I, I am finding it hard to believe that none of those other 50 people wouldn't just drop their Catholicism to be a ruler. It's 1701. Yeah. Oh, they can't do that. They're, <laughs> They're like, not doing that. No. Yeah, that's like a Yankees fan isn't going to switch to be a Mets fan. Come on. Yeah, it's that important. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And Tom, um, I saw you rolling your eyes at the fifth and or first and sixth. That makes absolute sense. This is this is how uh, not democracy. This is how monarchy works. This, that sounds like a football term. Yeah. Yeah. James is at first and six. <laughs> Now, don't worry, you won't have to funny. worry that about... That was like a boomer joke. Kill me. <laughs> Kill me yeah. that later. Next time you guys see me in person, just shoot me. You got right. it. Uh, you won't have to worry about uh, double numbers anymore because since Sophia is chosen as... Um, she's called the Electress. Sophia the Electress because she's elected to be the heir. Um, she, uh, the Scottish aren't really thrilled with her as a pick, but they're kind of begrudgingly going along with it. Um I'm not. I didn't really dive deeply into why. I Basically, feel like the Scottish. The Scottish are just begrudging about everything. Yeah, it's just kind of like yeah, they're quarrelsome people, as yeah. Willie, the uh, groundskeeper, once said. <laughs> um, so all this leads to a bunch of bribes and negotiations, and then six years after they choose Sophia, they pat the parliaments pass the Acts of Union in 1707. This is what turns um, England and Scotland into the Kingdom of Great Britain. This is where it comes into being. Oh. Before this, it was the Kingdom of England and the Kingdom of Scotland. I always thought it stood for the Kingdom of Gravity Bomb. No, no, no. That comes along later. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the swing in 60s. <laughs> uh, so all this is happening while Anne is still reigning, still probably getting pregnant and not having it 
be successful um, with Sophia as her heir. Now, something I haven't mentioned yet is Sophia is 35 years older than Anne. Whoa, English, yeah. come on. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. So it's not surprising when in 1714, Sophia dies at the age of 83 before she ever becomes Queen of England. She's 83 years old. They picked her seven years ago to be the heir. Oh, right. Well, that's kind of like, again, I'm going to go back to baseball. Uh, like when you have a closer for your team and he's always like 48. Right. And you don't know if this guy's going to like, he might like collapse. He might have a stroke. But like, you know, he's going to strike. And sometimes, you know, maybe he's injured because he's 48 years old. No, yeah. that's that's a terrible analogy. That's really <laughs> quite bad. Yeah, it's. I, I, I don't even want to think, you can't of, my think own. of a better one. <laughs> Here's a better one. Uh, you got a guy who's a firefighter, and his backup is a 90 year old. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be it's, bad if the 90 year old who's the backup dies, right? Yeah, like as you're climbing into a building trying to save some children from, from well, British rapists. You're... Here's what's worse, though. The the guy who's at the hose who's backed up by the 90-year-old, he dies two minutes later because two months after Sophia dies, Anne dies at the age of only 49. Nice work, England. <laughs> yes, England's crushing it. Really? Uh, Anne's death marks the end of the Stuart dynasty. You've probably heard of the Stuarts because they reigned from, in Scotland from 1371 until Anne's death in 1714. So that's the, a pretty good run. Yeah, the most famous one was a guy named Little, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it, Travis. <laughs> uh, and they you try to make England... the story light? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they had ruled England since 1603. So almost 100 years, well, more than 100 years in England and almost 400 in Scotland. So who's the monarch of England? Well, thankfully, Sophia had a son. His name was George Louis of Brunswick Lundberg. He is a German Dutch nobleman. He had never been to England before. And neither he nor his son spoke any English. And he becomes King George I in 1714. It's like <laughs> even worse than like when you're watching a horror movie and someone inherits a house and you go, oh, I wish I could inherit a house. This is like that on an exponentially grander level. Like, oh, I just mm. inherited a country. Yeah. Oh, my distant cousin rules over one quarter of the world's landmass. And now I, I, she left it to me, I guess. Right, well, yeah, that's also a good point, too, is this isn't just England nowadays. It's the English Empire. Yeah, so right. this, is, this is just before, like, the first, what's called the First Empire takes off. So, like, the First Empire is starting now, ends with the American Revolution, and then the that's Second right. Empire is, like, the imperialism British Empire that we all think about. Right. And now we're so, just waiting for the third empire. Godzilla. Yeah, they, yeah, part three, because everything yeah. comes as a trilogy. Yeah. Um, so George I gives way to George II, who also rules his entire reign without ever learning how to speak English. Um, then George III, who we Americans know from kicking his ass in the revolution. Mad King. Mm -hmm. uh, George IV, then William IV. And William IV has one child, a daughter named Victoria, who would become queen in 1837. Let me tell you, if there's anyone I have the hot store in history, it's Vicky. Even though she looks very frumpy, yeah, uh, it's Vicky. I like Pocahontas. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about the other side of the royal family that's coming down. 
the Royal House of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha had been founded out of thin air in 1826 by a guy named Ernest Anton, who was the sixth Duke of Saxburg, Kofi, Coburg, Southfield, uh, was one of those Holy Roman Empire Dukes who got blasted by Napoleon. Um, his younger brother was Leopold George Christian Frederick, who would be elected King of the Belgians in 1831. And that's the dad of Leopold II. So that's where that family comes from. Oh, psychopaths. You mean it's yeah. all one country? It's oh, one it's family? Oh, it's all one family. That's what all, it's all one family. Even Barack. Even Barack. Even Barack, yeah. Melania came from royalty. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, Ernest was not a very good man. Uh, he routinely cheated on his wife, and they had two children. They eventually would get divorced, and I think he lost all his money basically gambling. Um, but his two children were Ernest II, who inherited his father's titles as the eldest son, but he's not important because it's his younger son, Albert, who would marry his cousin, the aforementioned Queen Victoria. Ah. So that's where the royal family that Elizabeth comes from. because uh, And because monarchy is stupid, they dropped the Hanover name that Victoria and her family had used for 200 years and instead took the name Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha. So they're not the Windsors. They're the Saxe, Coburg, and Gothas. Dude, Saxe, Cobras, and Gophers are my favorite things in the world. Yeah, I mean, uh, all you people who were crying with the Queen was dying. You feel stupid, don't you? You didn't even know her last name. You didn't know her real last you name. You didn't even know her. What fuck are you talking so, about? Why did they change the last name? Well, George V, he was uh, the grandson of victoria and albert he was king during world war one and you know obviously england and germany not on the best of terms during world war one as we've talked about and uh when german bombers started to bomb the city of london for the first time in like 1915 or so the aircraft that was doing it <laughs> can't make this up was the gotha g4 aircraft it would be like if we were being bombed by Saudi Arabia and they were flying planes called Bidens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes the Bidens. They're just. <laughs> they keep killing people, the Bidens. Like, here they come. <laughs> you got to watch. If that. That would actually be a good strategy for North Korea to, like, just start calling all their shit Bidens and then yeah. watch, <laughs> watch our Biden just melt as he <laughs> he's in a room and he keeps hearing his name. Yeah, he's snapping Everyone's his neck like, back and forth. What? Eventually, he's got to kill himself. Yeah, it's like when will when will uh, Biden stop the Bidens from killing us all? Yeah. Like when will he do this? Yeah, I just so want to be very best. clear. I have not been killing anyone. Yeah, I have not been killing anyone. Besides this teleprompter, but a bunch. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I wish he's doing. I hope he's doing well <laughs> as an American president-elect. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're talking optics, right? This is a smart family. Yeah, smart op optics. Very yeah, smart. when when your own cousins are bombing your su subjects' uh, cities, maybe change your name so you to something other than your cousins. So yeah. what they do is they just choose Windsor because it sounds really English and because of the castle. <laughs> like it's, awesome. it's so stupid. Uh, That's why they're the Windsors, because I always grew up thinking like, oh, Windsor Castle is named after it has to be named after the ruling monarch family of Britain, right? 
No, I you're like, no, Irish. They, you smelt it. You no, smelt they took the their name from that castle because <laughs> they were ashamed of their German ancestry. Did Look, you hear that, just, everyone? It's tradition. <laughs> yeah, they're just ahead of their time. They picked their username, right? You know, it's like uh, you sign in the PlayStation Network. I don't know. Windsor sounds cool. Yep. Go back to our it Biden does. analogy. It'd be like if he changed his name to like, all right, well, the Bidens are bombing us. So I'm going to ch- change my last name to White House. <laughs> so now I'm Joe White House and all my kids will be the White Houses and they'll love it. The staff, please, please. Uh, could you please get me that website? Whitehouse.com. You guys remember that? <laughs> when we were kids. Hey, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the schools quickly blocked that site. I don't understand how and why. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to get government information. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No big deal. Yeah. So one other thing George V did before we finally get to Elizabeth. Um, during World War One, he also renounces all of his family's claims to German lands because they had a substantial amount of claims. So he's like, oh, you know what? I'll give up my all of my like duchies and baronies that I have in southern Germany, uh, and we can give those back. That way I'm not looking like I'm profiting from the enemy. What a sacrifice. Right? What a tremendous sacrifice. Yeah. Instead, rule over 40% of the population of the world and 30% of the landmass. Yep. <laughs> just yeah. give up those like 14 acres in Saxony. I'm just saying that's a big, that was a big move. Very yeah. big huge. Move. Huge. <laughs> so all that had to happen for this one family to become the monarchs of Britain, you know, we had to too many Catholics, then all those pregnancies had to die. And then Sophia had to die and all these things. Finally, we're getting up to Elizabeth. Um, so Elizabeth was born on April 21st, 1926 to Prince Albert, the Duke of York and Elizabeth, the Duchess of York. Her full name was Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor. It could have been Saxe-Coburg-Gotha, but then World War One happened. So, uh, did she come out speaking German? Probably a little bit, right? Yeah, like the midwife probably smoked German. That's my guess. Probably. <laughs> uh, so, all right, we all know what Prince Albert is. We can get those jokes out of the way because they're not funny. Um, but what is a Princess Alexandra? <laughs> oh, are you uh, trying to find the counterpart to the Prince Albert piercing? Yeah, mm. <laughs> I I don't know, Travis. Uh, what would you propose? I think it's I think it's like a you know like like a big hoop earring, you know, like a pirate one where they really take a chunk out of your ear. Okay, but like in your vagina. Oh, cool. Mm. So yeah. female circumcision is the uh, <laughs> equivalent of a a rod through the tip of the penis. Yeah. yeah. All right. Interesting. Love England. Do you, think, do you think this Albert had one? Do you think that's where the name came from? We can only hope so. I, I think it is. This is. I mean, I'm going back to my English history and love of monarchy, and I have or to agree. Maybe it was Victoria's husband, because I think he was Prince Albert um, since she was queen. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was part of their salute. Those guards have magnets in their pockets, so when they walk past... Zoom! Zoop and catches shoots up. The, yeah, catches the, the magnet. I think if you pull out your uh, English royalty life-size cardboard cutout collection, you might find something there, Travis. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
my body pillows of all of the nobles. <laughs> yeah. Can we make body pillows of like King Charles? If, Come on. I'll, if we could make them print to order, I would put them up on the store. That would be kind of fun. I think we could. Uh, maybe we'll make. Would he still be wearing the same clothes that other body pillows tend to be wearing? Like, yes. Still print like King Charles, but in like skimpy lingerie. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, King Charles with anime tibbies. Oh baby. Well, and elf ears. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So when Elizabeth was born, uh, she was third in line to the throne. Now, even though she's just number three, there was no expectation at all that she would ever become queen. This was because um, the king at the time is George V, the one who changed the last name. He has two sons. He might have more, but I know he has two sons. For oldest is Edward. And then the second oldest is Albert, Elizabeth's father. So it's expected that Edward will become king when uh, George dies. Then Edward will have sons and daughters of his own, and those kids will be in line. And then all of them would be in line first before even Albert again. So Elizabeth was expected to just like fall further and further down the line of succession. Um, but Edward VIII, as he'll become to be known, was uh, quite the character. Um, before we get to uh, hold on, let me get, I got turned around. Okay. All right. So as a child, uh, Elizabeth was known as Lilybet to her family. That was her most common nickname. And that's what uh, she kind of just grew up with. And everyone in the family would call her Lilybet. Sounds like a type of milkshake you'd get. What flavors do you think would be in it? Lavender. <laughs> <laughs> lavender vanilla. Just lavender milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> it's really aromatic, but that's it. Lilybet. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Hey, Mr. Soda Jerk, make me up a lily bit. She was uh, described as a very orderly and responsible child by almost everyone around her. Uh, one of the people around her was Winston Churchill, because this was the circle that he ran in. Um, and he knew her as a toddler and said that, quote, she has an air of authority and reflectiveness astonishing in an infant. So clearly a very serious kid. And serious kids always freak me out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that probably isn't true. You know, they, they probably just give each other these empty compliments and references about their character types to the public. She's yeah. wise beyond her years. You could see great things bubbling behind those eyes of hers. Those little <laughs> lily bed eyes. That's exactly how Winston Churchill spoke. I know that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I only had to slap the fork out of her hand five times when she was going towards the socket. Yeah. <laughs> the way she ate lo mein noodles reminded me of that of a seven or eight-year-old, but only when she was four, mind you. <laughs> she was it rather was... wise. She could do high-level equations using her spaghettios all over her face. Yes. So, so I don't believe Winston Churchill now well I mean, he was also probably drunk too oh, he that. he was definitely drunk when he said <laughs> yeah. it he probably never met her he's like oh, no. all the kids here they all they're brilliant. he did meet her a lot we 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 know he met her a lot but uh but did he know who she was like you know i feel like he's one <laughs> of those guys where, ah, like you were saying now oh yeah. look at all kids. oh well, well, the kids. Yeah. yeah yeah he was actually saying it about um her like her sister margaret yeah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> now that kid oh, wait um, there's two of them yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
when Elizabeth was seven years old, uh, 1933, arguably the most significant event in all of her life occurred. Her dad gave her a dookie, a Welsh corgi. Oh, oh damn. baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought you you were going to say that her dad pooped in her mouth. <laughs> he gave her a dookie. He accidentally pooped on her. No, yeah. that was the name of her first ever corgi. Um, and I'm, as we all know, Elizabeth loves her corgis. Uh, this is a historic day because corgis are great. Hmm? I watched Cowboy yeah, Bebop yeah. once and I wanted a corgi. They're kind of useless and they need help. Yeah, they just kind of trot around. They got real tiny legs. They are the the Western Shih Tzu. They are useless. They're Tom, not fun. Tom, that's not fair. Because wouldn't if you had the choice, wouldn't you like to have very short legs and arms, but be the same size? Oh as yeah, you are totally. Now? Yeah, that's something I would want. That's <laughs> yeah. I would like to be able to fit into airplane seats better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be number one. Yeah, that's that. You're right. What a magnificent majestic animal yeah and if you were rounder you could just get to places faster by rolling downhill i think corgis mm -hmm. are all stupid i think they're I like a terrible this. looking dog and i think they're cute but they're still just kind of dumb i mean you can get a one that has the same face as that but has a regular body <laughs> all right tom this is a lot of knocking on the welsh first of all that's racist second of all uh, what about like other dogs that are even stupider? How about French bulldogs? Those are chihuahuas? pretty, pretty awful. All of those <laughs> are awful. I would just, I would rather do broad strokes here and say those little dogs that are unnaturally little are very awful. And yes. unnaturally big are awful too. Uh, well, yeah, no, great those are, like, are awesome. Yeah, but they live to like five weeks yeah, and but, then they're dead. I know, but it's I like, like horses octopus. now, remember? So things oh, yeah, that Tom, remind me of horses. Tom's true. a horse guy now. That's true. Yeah. Things have changed. So things that remind me of horses, I like. You'd have that in common with Elizabeth. She was a big fan of horses. And um, if if plans had gone accordingly and she never became queen, um, she probably would have just lived in Scotland raising horses and corgis her whole life. She's obviously a victim of yeah, she's royalty. Yeah, she's the victim here. I saw like someone describe it as like, oh, she lived in a gilded cage. I'm like, well, maybe kind of. And she was also the jailer of the gilded cage she lived in. Like, she, yeah, I mean, he could at any point point be like, I'm leaving with all my money. Bye. Yeah, I'm just going to buy all the Airbnbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to just book stays. I'll be buying them. Yeah. And uh, I someone named Mandrake will watch over them for me. I never understood that point of view when people are like, oh, I feel bad for the royals because they've got too much money and everyone's looking at them. Yeah. It's like, how? <laughs> oh, so sad. I wish I wish that was my problem. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the rationale behind that one's a little crazy. Yeah. So uh, this was when Elizabeth was seven that she got her first corgi. Um, and at this time, her uncle Edward, the heir to the throne, he's a bit of a... Uh, he's a fascist. Let's just say that. Um, and what? also, he's just kind of running around and screwing off his responsibilities, which good for him on that point. But he's I wanted to lead with he's a fascist because he's not, you know, a good person. Uh, I don't know if that's synonymous. Continue. 
Yeah, it's well, he's really rich, so he can kind of do what he wants. Yeah, also, he's, just, he's just out there going, like, I don't want to look at poor people. I don't want to look early, at things. Early 30s. This is like, this is like, you know, if you want to consider fascism, like the punk, this is like some 41. This is a highlight of <laughs> yeah. highlight of fascism. Yeah, it's this is, it's all downhill from there. This is Charles Lindbergh going, fuck that ocean. I'm going to fly over it. Yeah. And then someone's going to steal my baby. Yeah. So I'm going to blame it on the Jews. Yeah. Of course. Of course. One of the smartest Jew hating schemes of all time. So kill your own baby. No one will suspect you. I mean, I, I've heard Jewish people don't like being uh, in the sky. So, you know. I've never heard that. <laughs> That's one of those things I heard. I read it in a book called Rush. Wait, what is his name? What are you talking about? Rush Limbaugh? No. <laughs> Limburg. Yeah. Rush Limburg. It was in both. Rush Limburg. No, if you ask a Jew if they could be any animal, they all say birds. Yeah, but birds can't fly as high as an airplane. Mm. It's irrelevant. Mm, it's irrelevant. Yeah. They just want to eat off the ground. <laughs> it's cheap to be a bird. Yeah, so Edward, um, he's running around all over London. He's got a lot of girlfriends. Uh, gets into lots of different types of trouble. And one of his many girlfriends, uh, a steady girl, we'll call her, is an American woman named Wallace Simpson. Um, now, there were three problems with Wallace, according to the rest of the royal family and the British press. Four, if you count that she's American. Number one, she's divorced. Uh, number two, she's currently married. <laughs> oh. And number three, she's also a fascist. Uh, and wait, number four, she had yellow skin and... A tall blue head. <laughs> Wait, Wallace. And a raspy voice. <laughs> it's a woman named Wallace? A woman named Wallace. That's that's the only problem. It's it's spelled like wall is Wallace. Yeah, that's the only problem. Yeah, that's the main problem. I don't care about her marital statuses or her fascism. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Wallace. Wait, so, is, uh, wait, is that what Wallace and Gromit is based off of? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how it started. He's Gromit. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. So, yeah, like I said, Wallace is currently married. She's in the process of getting her second divorce. Um, and both her and Edward uh, look upon fascism very favor favorably. I think they've met Mussolini by this point. I don't think they've met Hitler. Um, but they thought that fascism was the future for Europe. How do you think Mussolini smelled? I think he smelled either like freshly baked bread all the time or like the most <laughs> overpowering cologne you could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think, I think Hitler actually would have smelled because he was a vegetarian. Uh, but I feel like Mussolini probably smelled like that. Yeah. I think it, <laughs> um, yeah maybe a little bit of both. So right? I, I've been doing a lot of writing recently. And what I do when I'm writing is I'll just go on Amazon Prime and then put on whatever trash documentary is like the first thing recommended i like background noise i like the chaos while i'm writing um the first thing that came up last night was a documentary called nazis on drugs and i didn't really pay attention to this but what i thought was hilarious was there was a disclaimer at the top of it i think it was hulu or amazon disclaimer at the top warning fair fair signs i mean uh no uh uh, however they worded it, basically they were just saying there are Nazis and drug use in this. I'm like, it's in the title. You don't need you don't need to tell people that they're smoking in a film called Smoking. 
<laughs> it, it, like, Nazis on drugs. Of course they're going to be drug use and Nazis. <laughs> right. I mean, that's like when I watched Happy Feet. I'm like, whoa, there's feet in this? <laughs> um, snakes on a plane. Beware if you are afraid of snakes or flying. <laughs> yeah. Or both. Stay away. Here's, a, here's my new movie called Epilepsy. Warning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did another thing I just want to say out. So, Edward, you're talking about how much of a fascist he is. There is like on record him hanging out with Hitler at one point, correct? I I didn't confirm that, but I'm pretty sure. I know they met Mussolini and they were always like sending messages back and forth with them. Like he, they I, wrote to Hitler. So I do I have I do have I Googled it because I remember seeing something like this in one of these uh, Nazis on drugs documentaries that I watch. Um, the Duke had a long private conversation with Hitler, but it was never certain what they discussed as the minutes of their meeting were lost during the war. So, Oh yeah. So Who got there first? The Google, British. <laughs> come on, Google Wikipedia. Thanks. Uh, bringing me the truth every single time. Never once lying to me. Watch out for them. Drugs and Nazis in this post. That's right. <laughs> no, there, there's, there's a bunch of pictures of them palling around with uh, Wallace Marge Simpson. Yep. How's he going to know? <laughs> so Edward uh, becomes King Edward VIII in January of 1936 uh, after George V passes away. Um, and Wallace's divorce is finalized just around this time. I didn't uh, check for if it's before or after. So he announces, not really to the public, but just kind of like to his advisors and members of parliament and things like that, that I am going to marry wallace simpson and this throws everyone into an uproar this is like that you can no, no 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 you cannot marry this woman um one of the main reasons they cite is that edward as king is the head of the church of england and the church of england at this time forbids people from marrying after someone is divorced if this ex-spouse is still alive and so she was going to be divorced twice to still living husbands and the head of the church was going to marry her. It'd be like if the Pope married a gay man tomorrow, but that, still said, no, 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 no. That would be the only fun <laughs> shit that rad. gay men have done publicly in a long time. Yeah. Since the birdcage, <laughs> gay guys are very predictable. Yeah. Uh, wait, so you all, I, I forgot. Did you mention that she was also American? Yes, she's American. Yeah, she's American. I feel like that's the real reason. That's the Look, real reason. That's oh, the re that's like a wanna, really wanna, big part of yeah, it. Yeah, they don't want to be like, you know, all oh, these assholes that broke away from us, you know, and they made the wrong decision, which we did because we don't have health care, whatever. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> we don't, they don't want the Americans coming in and being like, oh, uh, have you guys ever heard of nachos? And then like and then that's going to be the royal dish and shit. And like, have you ever heard of seasoning? Yeah. Have you ever heard of fucking pretzels that I eat on my couch and watch American football? You know, like they don't want that shit. All right. Yeah. All that shit you're making fun of is tight. Um, but what I will say is. Why didn't Edward get those guys killed then? Because he's, it's like the king doesn't have real power. That's the part that of all of this that's been the craziest is that after the British chopped off the head of the king and then invited him back like 12 years later, and that was the English, not even the British. After they did that, the monarch was more or less already just a figurehead at that point. Yeah. Like they could do like a, some things, they could nudge people in certain directions. They had a lot of money, so they were just inherently powerful that way. 
Right, but, but that's all you need. Power. Like, if you have like, enough, but no, but if you have enough money, you can send people over there to like. Yeah. The problem is no one's on Edward's side. Uh, Everyone is unified against Wallace. Because if, if you didn't care that she was American and divorced, if you're like progressive in that way, you didn't like that she was a fascist. And if you were really rigidly conservative and actually slightly fascist, you didn't like that she was divorced twice. Right. I mean, like, like, like that's been the real tragedy of the English is that there's just been this slow decline of power. Mm-hmm. You know, even going back to King King John, we talked about him signing the Magna Carta. Uh, right? Did that's you just call early. that a tragedy? It's a tragedy. It's a tra- <laughs> That's the tragedy of the English is that this ruling class elite that owns more property than fucking God and will and will. You know what I'm saying? Tom. They're losing their power. God damn it! <laughs> hey, Tom, Tom, look at what free speech has given us. Fucking TikTok. Let's get rid of it. China, China. gave us TikTok. They don't have free speech. China yeah. gave Thank us you. TikTok. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? China gave us, and they're able to, like, use us because of free speech. Look, yeah. the only person who's going to be giving us free speech back is Elon Musk because he's buying Twitter. I just found out today. He's going back in it. I used to hate the guy. Today, I love him. All Give right. us the speech back. Get Let everyone on the platform. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so Edward yeah. has the choice of remain king and don't marry Wallace or abdicate the throne and marry Wallace Simpson. He abdicates after just being after being king for only 11 months. Uh, he doesn't even make it through a full calendar year. And December 1936, he says, I'm out. I'm going to marry Wallace Simpson. And his younger brother, Albert, is now king. And that means Elizabeth is the direct heir to the throne. All right. So one of the common jokes told about uh, Edward at the time is that he was, quote, the only monarch in history to abandon the ship of state to sign on as a third mate on a Baltimore tramp. Oh, damn. Yeah. Dude, you know that she had some really nice crabs, though. That was probably very good crabs that he was marrying into. Yep. And natty uh, boats. She was like, I'll give you all the natty boat. You can drink all the natty boat you want around me. I and... S- Crack crabs on my chest. I see Wallace existed through, uh, as if you look at pictures of Wallace, you could see how she existed in times of women trying things with their eyebrows that don't work. Uh, so many looks on this woman's face that don't make any sense. Uh, terrible eyebrows on the woman, but none with her naturals. She probably looked fine if she left them alone. Mm-hmm. But uh, so this is also uh, the end of 1936, so obviously. If you know literally anything about history, things with England and Germany not going great at this point. This is like the Sudetenland crisis, the remilitarization of the Rhine. Everyone knows that we're, the English are going to go to war with Germany. And they're kind of happy that a king who has been very favorable to Germany is now gone. So Albert is now king. Um, he decides to, and this is something any monarch can do, when they ascend to the throne, you can change your name to a royal, like, the kingly name. He decides to change his name from Albert to George the Sixth. Um, this is mostly to single continuity with his dad, George the Fifth, and also so they can kind of just pretend that Edward never happened. So it's like, no, no, no we just went from George the Fifth to the Sixth. Right. We didn't, we didn't have Edward the Eighth. Hmm. Uh, another way they did this, and I never knew this before. So we have all seen British pounds sterling. We've seen the coins. I think we've all been to England, right, Tom? You've been? No, I haven't been to England. I've only been to Germany. 
Ah, you, all right. You've never tasted freedom and a sausage roll. <laughs> all I'm saying is that if you want reparations, you need to go and get them. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you look at the coins, um, I f actually, I forget. Does Lizzie? She either looks left or right. I think all American coins that are looking to the right when it's in profile. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think she looks to the right. I haven't seen a coin in years. Yeah. <laughs> the British have a tradition where when a new monarch comes in, their face is reversed from the previous monarch. Right, so, so you like, can take two coins and make like they're kissing. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like the one, the old monarch is kissing the new one. That way it's long live the king, you know, all that. Right. So Good night kiss. They never even got around to minting coins for Edward. And so if you like Edward, like Edwardian the eighth coins are really, really valuable because there's so few of them that actually were minted. So when George became king, rather than so like if George V was looking right and Edward was looking left, rather than George looking right, they're like, no, 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 Edward never happened. George is looking left. Oh. <laughs> Strange power play. Do you think that could have been uh the the newly named George the Sixth being like, I don't want to kiss my brother? Yeah. Probably. Mm. Well, George, um, we don't know. If he's not prepared for this role at all. He never thought he would be king. He never wanted to be king. Um, the king's speech is about George VI. Um, that's kind of part of why he had that stammer was because he never had like, trained to speak to the public. Look, do you think Simba was ready to become king? No one's ready ever. Have I learned anything from Disney? No, I, one's, no one's ever ready. Uh, yeah, no one is. And also, like, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, it's like a documentary of the King's speech between me and Travis reading our scripts and stumbling for, for just endlessly stumbling. Can't even make it through <laughs> sentences reading these. Like, I'm sure if we didn't have that, we'd have a lot more listeners, but we are terrible <laughs> at reading. And, uh, that's, I'm all I'm saying is that the King's speech, not very impressive. We've been doing the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. I feel yeah. that. So uh, George is so not prepared for this role that after he's been king for only two and a half years in September of 1939, which, again, if you know your history, you know what just happened. The Germans have invaded Poland and started World War II. Uh, he goes to Winston Churchill, who's um, at the time the first lord of the admiralty, so like the head of the navy. And he goes to Winston and asks, wouldn't it be better if we allied with the Germans and destroyed the evil communist Soviet Union? <laughs> and Winston's like, no one hates communists more than me. But no, no, we can't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that was a big that, I don't know, that was a big question, though. I mean, the Americans are on the fence for a little bit, too, right? Eh, not after 1939. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I then mean, he was, then he was Papa Joe. 30, Thirty-nine. That's yeah. not even the case. I mean, the, the news. Hitler was on the the on Time Magazine Person of the Year in thirty-nine. No, I think he was thirty earlier. Thirty. I think it was thirty-nine. I, I don't know. I need to look Hold up before. I'm gonna look up right I, now. You guys can. I thought no, my I'm guess is thirty-seven. Up, I'm looking up the uh, at the Ford uh, Henry Ford National Archive that he has, and that yes, there's cum stains all over that. One. I get it. <laughs> Now you know. Yeah. So clearly George is not oh, ready for this. 38. It's 38. Ah, 38. Okay, Big so I, like with that being said, keep in mind, there's a lot of people who are like, fuck yeah, Hitler, like right up into the day. Yeah. And, um, so, and, and as we continued the war. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, Hitler. So World War II is on at this point. Um, 
And Edward had been living in Portugal ever since he abdicated. And the whole time is meeting with German ministers, the whole time. And then when the war breaks out, even as Germany is bombing London into dust during the Blitz, there are German ministers and Edward like relaying messages back and forth to one another. Um, there is like I like a conspiracy or it's true. I don't not sure rumors or whatever that if Operation Sea Lion, which was the Nazi invasion of England, if that had gone through, they were going to put Edward back on the throne as like a way of like shoring up their own support in England to be like, your new king is Edward. He's back. Wow. He's married to the American. <laughs> wow. Colin yeah. Firth sucked that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so bad that Churchill, now prime minister in 1940, orders them removed from Portugal and sent to the Bahamas so that they couldn't keep meeting with German ministers. Ooh. I mean, he's married to a nice American woman. They could have moved to Newark, New Jersey. I mean, come on. That's a paradise. <laughs> they wouldn't let her back in either. Yeah, <laughs> they were done with her. Um, so why haven't we been talking about Elizabeth? Well, her life to this point has been kind of boring. Well, she's a child. She's a princess living in a castle. Like, there's not much to talk about. With corgis. With corgis. Yeah, she got her corgi. She's had her corgis for a while now. Um, so when she had become heir presumptive, her education took on more significance. She was vice. She was educated by the vice provost of Eton College. Um, she became fluent in French. Um, and because she's a princess living in a castle, she doesn't have any kids to socialize with aside from her sister and like a cousin or two. So at the King and Queen decide is they make a special company of what's called the Girl Guides, which is the British Girl Scouts. And it's the Buckingham Palace Girl Guides Company. So it's like, basically, they're like, we're buying you friends that are kind of come and do Boy Scouts with you in our palace. And it's like, that's kind of cool. That's, that's, that's sweet. So do you think um, they sold, uh, well, they're not selling cookies. Do you think they're selling biscuits? But instead of the Thin Mints, it's like chocolate and Marmite flavored? <laughs> he has asphalt flavored Thin Mints. <laughs> Would you like some? You have to buy them. These guards behind me. I slipped Isn't into some a... terrible other British influence yeah. country yeah. accent. It's not so... a tagalong cookie. It's a spiraled, spotted dick cookie. Do you want a yeah. curry biscuit? <laughs> so the other girls in the company um, are formed of daughters of the royal household and palace employees so it's like a mix of other royal family members and then like the you know the cook's daughter stuff like that that'd be sick if you were um, like the I... janitor's daughter and you're like i'm showing <laughs> the queen dude yeah what if your dad was a dick and just like listen i know they want you to hang out but we're scottish <laughs> damn it and you're gonna you're gonna cl clean these window sills with me because your mother's <laughs> tired she's got jaundice and you're going to clean up. You're going to tie the shoes and untie them to make sure the laces work proper. <laughs> yes, that's what oh. Scottish people do. Yeah, that's what would have happened. Yep. So when uh, the war broke out, um, the family is spending most of their time in Windsor Castle uh, to avoid the worst of the Blitz. However, uh, mom and dad of Elizabeth, the king and queen, are still spending all their time in Buckingham Palace because they don't want to be leaving England while you know it's being bombed by the Luftwaffe, um, at one point the Buckingham Palace gets bombed a few times with like unexploded ordnance going off the next day. So eventually, it's decided the girls are going to spend all their time in Windsor Castle, and 
the king and queen will stay in Buckingham Palace. Not that Windsor Castle wasn't also getting bombed every now and then, um, but not as frequently as Buckingham Palace. To their credit, the king and queen never left Buckingham. They always would stay. And they said that even though the bombing was bad, the worst moments wouldn't be until later in the war when the V2 rockets were coming in. They said that was the scariest parts of the war. Dude, Which, fair V2 enough. rockets, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. the way for people. Those it's like the first rocket, like missile. Yeah, that the it's world's a, ever seen. not an intercontinental, but an intracontinental ballistic missile, just yeah. dropping out of the sky and destroying stuff. Right, and if you also, you also you think sometimes I feel like people forget, and I forget sometimes too. It's like World War Two. You weren't there was no jets yet. Yeah, you know, like that's all propeller planes. So having a fucking jet missile flying into your city is fucking crazy. Hmm. So it is in uh, during all the bombing during the Blitz in 1940, Elizabeth uh, delivers her first ever public radio address during the BBC Children's Hour broadcast. Uh, she and Margaret were just two of the nearly three million kids that had been evacuated from British cities all to all over the countryside. And her address was um, directly to all these kids and basically was reassuring them, you know, like, don't worry, we're British and we're going to pull through. Stiff upper lip type of thing. It, was she like drinking a cup of tea during the broadcast? Yeah, I've got it here. If we want to listen to a little bit of it, uh, yes. Yeah, um, also, it it's yeah. it's interesting to hear her voice because her voice like completely changes um, from what you associate with it now. So, so she had. I'm assuming we're gonna hear the clip in a second, but I'm assuming she speak. She spoke Cockney at the time. Oh, no, it's like she's speaking that um, what's it called? The Mid-Atlantic, the um, the trans like the nineteen yeah the, the transatlantic the nineteen forties movie speed. It's like right. it's like the British version of that. Listeners in the United States of America will also hear this broadcast. Why, Her Royal Highness Princess Elizabeth? In wishing you all good evening. I feel that I am speaking to friends and companions who have shared with my sister and myself many a happy children's hour. Thousands of you in this country have had to leave your homes and be separated from your fathers and mothers. My sister Margaret Rose and I feel so much for you as we know from experience what it means to be away from those we love most of all. To you living in new surroundings, we send a message of true sympathy. And at the same time, we would like to thank the kind people who have welcomed you to their homes in the country. All of us children who are still at home think continually of our friends and relations who have gone overseas. All right, that's enough of this. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah I thought she was going to say, I, and I'd like to thank the kind people at Asbestos Insulation Company for providing the best insulation that Britain and America have, have ever seen. <laughs> um, so this is on the Royal Family Verified YouTube channel, and of course the comments are turned off. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Can't have that. Can't, Can't have, have pedophiles talking about how hot this was. 
No, I'm just saying that YouTube is free speech. We don't need to hear the bullshit. We don't need to hear some guy saying, oh, Biden did it better. Trump did it better when he was seven. I don't mm -hmm. want to hear that. Yeah. I, would, I would love to hear a Trump speech when he was seven. Oh, my God. That would be super fun. 9-11 <laughs> yeah. should have happened earlier. <laughs> so uh, she was 14 years old when she gave that speech. It was the first time she'd ever given a public address, and this was kind of like everyone's introduction to her. She'd only been the heir presumptive for four years, and it's like when she was born, you know, the press, obviously it's a royal birth, it's important, but no one thought she'd be queen, so now it's kind of her coming out party to the to the British people in the midst of the most horrifying war they've ever seen. Um, so they all love her. They're like, oh, she's like the people's princess. Right, that's why... Uh, wait, so is she next in line, or is... She's she next is in line. next in line because her dad is George the Sixth now. But but what didn't they have something? I remember hearing recently that like the Queen approved, you know, God rest her soul. The Queen approved that like women could be the next in line without the men or something. Isn't there something that they changed? So I think it was if Albert and um, Elizabeth Senior, because her mom is also Elizabeth, um, mm -hmm. if they had had a son after Elizabeth and Margaret. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been like bad if they had just said he's the heir. Oh, like they could still okay. choose Elizabeth, but they could also skip her for him. Whereas if they had the son first, you can't do that. So I right. think what Elizabeth ended up changing is just no. It's the eldest born right. of the monarch. You know, I hate to say it, a woman would do that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to Elizabeth's credit also, when she turns 18 in 1944, she insisted to her father, who was against the idea at first, upon, uh, for her to join the Auxiliary Territorial Service, which is the women's branch of the British Army. Um, so women at 18 could join the, this auxiliary service. Um, they did things like manning searchlights, um, rash i don't know a lot of like supplies and like logistics stuff um but they were specifically forbidden from firing a weapon i until uh, the 1940s they're, because they're like british maybe i'm ignorant here or whatever but i just imagine like the ladies just crocheting everything like crocheting bullets like crocheting the, the old ladies were crocheting the bullets and the young ladies um like elizabeth were uh fixing the tanks basically they're fixing the tanks but with crochet Needles. Yeah, everything's crocheted. They developed a process for crocheting steel, and yes. just that's the armor plating. Exactly. We, well, see, that's funny. You're laughing, but uh, Queen Elizabeth invented carbon fiber. She <laughs> she, she did yeah. it so well. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. All right. right. Who are we talking <clears throat> about? Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken. Yeah. So, all right. So Cal was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles in 1982. <laughs> cool. We've been, we've been very baseball. This uh, well, I've been. Yeah, you <laughs> you've been watching a lot of baseball here. Nah, I haven't watched a baseball game in a long time. It's uh right. since Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> That's a very long time. You weren't even born. Now he's playing when no, I was we were, Yeah, he was, he was still chugging along. I don't even know. I, I don't know anything about baseball. If you guys agreed with me, it would have went well. If not, <laughs> you would have corrected me, as I expected. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the... All right, so yeah. So Elizabeth, at 18 years old, joins the Auxiliary Territorial Service. Um, she does not get any special treatment. Like, she does not get a 
high rank in the service. If she asked for one, she probably would have been given one. She just wanted to do her part. She trains as a truck mechanic and becomes a second subaltern, which is just the basic entry rank. Um, Her barracks is nearby Windsor Castle. The one special perk she does take advantage of is she does not sleep in the barracks. She goes home to the castle every night to go to sleep. And gets driven to work back and forth, I'm assuming. She's probably driving herself because she loved driving ever since this. This is where she learned to drive, I think. And she was driving like big army trucks and she loved it. That's that is pretty cool. I like that about her. (laughs) That's it's really cool. She like can change a crankshaft. Like she's really good at this. Like she doesn't fuck around. Really? Yeah. So she's like a she's like a hot trucker meth head woman. Kind of. Yeah. And like if you've seen her at 18, you know, when she's young, she's a very beautiful woman. Uh, before she becomes the withered old crone we all know her as. Mm. Um, Careful, guys. So anyway, they yeah, all turn well, into that. Yeah. <laughs> tongue about crone. I mean, she was pretty good until now when she's cold. Yeah. <laughs> now now it's only now that it get bad. Yeah. Um, so the press nicknames her Princess Auto Mechanic. That's just what they refer to her as from what, now on. What a bad nickname. <laughs> it's such a British <laughs> 1940s nickname. Yeah. Like, this- well, she's an auto mechanic and she's a princess. Yeah, this, this is also Got the country. It. This is also the country that their most famous kid show is Bob the Builder. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah. I think with like good nicknames for the press, you got to keep them under uh, four syllables, yeah. four and under. Oh. oh, yeah. She's Princess Auto Mechanic. That's seven. That's a lot of typing back then. That's manpower. They could do to- Princess Mechanic. Like that's yeah. a better one. Yeah. Exactly. Princess Grease Monkey. <laughs> Royal Grease Monkey Princess, yeah. yeah. Princess Optimus Prime. He said they're like, no, she's Princess Auto Mechanic because she's she's fixing vehicles. She's putting air in tires. Yeah. Um, so at one point, the uh, king and queen come to visit her at the barracks. So like she shows them how to like change an engine block and then drives them around in like a big, like army surplus truck. And I uh, think there's a quote where like they get back and someone in the press is like, Oh, King, like, how was the, how was the ride? And he was like, it was wonderful. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she couldn't parallel park for shit. Yeah. Like there, there are later stories of her, um, driving around like with presidents and like leaders of foreign states in her castle in Scotland, like where it's like all this roving countryside and she's just like in a open air Jeep driving around Jimmy Carter. And it's like, <laughs> and this is where all that starts. Jimmy didn't know how to thing. say no. He didn't Jimmy, know how to yeah. say no. He was like, ah. um, so V day comes on May 8th, 1945. How exciting war in Europe is over. And this leads to one of Elizabeth's most cherished memories, probably what she would call like the best night of her life, because her and Margaret, her younger sister, um, and a few chaperones, but just like a small group, are given permission by the king after they ask to secretly leave the grounds of Buckingham Palace and just join the crowds celebrating the end of World War II in Europe in London. Um, they like went through all these parties. They go to all these bars. She's wearing her auxiliary uniform. So no one really recognizes her. So she can just like go around. Um, they do the same. She, th- go ahead. I think she took the fake taxi out. Oh, yeah. Well, she was driving it. She was probably driving <laughs> oh, it around. She, yeah. she probably is perverted like that. Or she's just yeah. turning on the camera and going, <laughs> you do a butt like that. 
Oh, we need Mike for the beans. Yeah, I know. Just maybe <laughs> Just insert, I'll fly that, or insert that sound bite. Yeah, I, I, I got to find the bite. If I had it on hand, I would definitely. Um, so this they do that that night on VE Day. Uh, they go out and do it the same, the exact, uh, and right the night after. Um, in for, after that night, Elizabeth records in her diary because we've had. Um, I think she's released some of her diaries. Quote: Out in crowd again. Walked simply miles. Saw parents on balcony at 12.30 a.m. Her parents are the king and queen. Remember, she's just like, saw parents on balcony. Eight partied, bed 3 a.m. So a nice night for her. She had a good uh, time. She's 19 years old. The war is over. Awesome. Go out and party. Yeah. You you know that she st- stopped at the uh, kebab shop on the way home and got herself a nice greasy. Yeah. The- <laughs> they didn't have that fun food back then. Yeah, that In was. England. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 on rationing for the next like twelve years, even well, after the war is over. It was a ration. It was MRE kebab. Yeah, like, it was MRE. Kebab. Yeah, going out and eating some food after a night out in 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 nineteen <clears throat> in the nineteen forties was like we ate pickled celery. <laughs> <laughs> we found it in the barrel yeah. outside. <laughs> for Christmas this year, we each split an egg. <laughs> Uh, so they repeated these hijinks after uh, VJ Day when the Japanese surrender. Um, that's in August. So Elizabeth says that um, basically the same thing goes out all night, sees her parents on the balcony a few times. Um, I think it's on that night that it's famous that they're do- she's caught like doing the conga line at like the Ritz Hotel. Great. And a few Ooh. people, a few people recognize her and like her chaperones have to like whisk her away pretty quickly. Um I thought so, you were yeah, gonna say pretty cool playing, moment for her playing beer pong or something. <laughs> she was caught doing a keg stand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so during the war, we're going to backtrack a little bit. Um, when she was 13 years old, Elizabeth was reintroduced, really introduced for the first time um, to her distant cousin, Philip. Now, Philip and Elizabeth shared the same great, great grandparents, none other than Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Vicky. Yeah. So this made them third cousins. Uh, Philip was a cadet at the time at the Royal Naval College in Dartmouth. Um, and he was technically Philip, Prince of Greece and Denmark. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool that he's able to do both. Yeah. Those, up, are, yeah. Very, those are very different countries. I'm just going to put that out. Right, very different. Uh, well, no, lots of islands in both. That's true. That's true. Uh, both kind of just sticking out there. Yeah. One eats olives. The other one eats ground olives, a.k.a. reindeer olives, a.k.a. <laughs> forest nuts. Yeah, both we... have really strange languages. Mm-hmm. Danish is odd. Odd mm-hmm. sounding. Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, Philip's uncle was King Constantine I of Greece. Now, he had been forced to abdicate after Greece fought and lost a disastrous war with Turkey. Uh, So he was no longer king of Greece for most of Philip's life. He actually had to escape from Greece and spent most of his time growing up in Paris. Um, Now, he had been invited to this lunch uh, with the royal family uh, by a family friend named Dickie Mountbatten. 
which <laughs> is again just too British of a name to be real because it's not. It was a German person who changed their name to Mountbatten during <laughs> World War One. Yeah, I'm going to go as Dicky yeah. Mountbatten. <laughs> yeah, it's a sick good name, right? <laughs> yeah, he was just looking at other people's passports coming over there, going. Oh my god, how am I going to, uh, Dicky, that's just my real name, Dick about Grosk, what? Yeah. Huh? So, uh, it was reported by, uh, Elizabeth's nanny, uh, a woman by the name of Marion Crawford, who everyone called Croffy, um, that from this little tea time on, for the rest of her life, Elizabeth was infatuated with Philip, the young naval cadet officer. We're going to come back and learn a lot more about Crofty or Crofty Crofty soon. Crawdad lady. Crawdads. Yeah. So Philip had had a chaotic childhood for some of so much royal lineage. As so, as we said, he had to escape from Greece, um, spent most of his time in Paris. His mother at one point is committed to an insane asylum. Um, it's the 1920s. So is she crazy? Is she She's a hysterical. eccentric She's going or is she a lesbian? You know, well, it can, well, any, any of the above. Well, it yeah. doesn't matter. She's definitely hooked up to a transformer out back. Yeah. Well, they're zapping her away. Yeah. <laughs> Get, stop being so hysterical. The slaps aren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad is almost completely absent, spends most of his time in Monte Carlo and never really sees his kids. His, the, um, his four sisters all decide to marry wealthy noblemen you know, they're kind of going through a chaotic childhood. They're losing money. They don't have any holdings anymore. Um, so they marry all these wealthy German princes. Surprise, surprise. All four German princes have pretty strong connections to the Nazi party, uh, with one of them being an SS Oberführer, which is like the rank of captain. Wow. So that's who Philip's family is hanging out with. Oh. Yeah. Um, Philip, uh, though is really close with Dickie Mountbatten, who is, um, I think, either an uncle or a family friend, probably an uncle because everyone's related. Um, And so he's spending a lot of time in England. He has British citizenship because he's the great, great grandson of Victoria. So he's kind of just defaultly a British person. Um, And he's educated in England. So he ends up going to join the British Navy. Um, He's always at the top of his class and his academies. And... After this little tea time, he and Elizabeth begin exchanging letters while he is in the Navy uh, because the war is broken out not too far after. Now, Philip is a decorated war hero. He does a lot of cool shit in the war. Um, At one point, his ship is about to be bombed. And so they make like dummy lifeboats with lights on it and push them away so that their ship can sail away and these dummy lifeboats get bombed by the airplanes. Um, He also like uses is like manning the searchlights during a night naval battle and finds the enemy ship that they is firing on them um he serves i thought you're gonna gonna say like he like kick flipped his destroyer or something (laughs) yeah in in comes a torpedo and it's like yeah do a little ollie over it well i'm (laughs) just saying if you need if you need actual good british leadership on the battlefield you need a greek guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you need a Greek guy. You need someone who's come with dirty hands. You understand? <laughs> yeah. Not willing mm-hmm. to get his hands dirty. They were dirty. <laughs> <laughs> they, they came dirty. Yeah. He's cleaning them in yeah. the salt of the ocean and in the blood yeah. of his enemies. He's always cleaning. He's just in, <laughs> spending his time in the ocean. <laughs> 
Yeah, he uh, he fights in multiple theaters of war, uh, the Mediterranean, uh, Atlantic, and he is in Tokyo Bay aboard a ship when the Japanese surrender on the USS uh, Missouri. Um, now, all throughout the war, Philip and Elizabeth had been exchanging letters, um, and he visits Buckingham Palace a few times, and he always does it in a sick sports car that he owns, and apparently... He gets like all like the kitchen staff hate him because he just like rips up in his sports car and jumps out and goes and hangs out in the palace. Yeah, that's a great. Right? pretty awesome. Yeah, as, <laughs> like that's what I'm. He's really cool, and then he becomes just an old weird man with raccoon uh, eyes. Yeah, with really, he's a really scary looking guy, you, old guy. Do you know the type of car he drove? Um, was he like into his British cars? Was he an Aston Martin guy? He probably also just drove a mercedes <laughs> yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> you probably just drove a mercedes i thought you were gonna say like nissan skyline or something do it that would be <laughs> sick straight from tokyo man although yeah. it doesn't mean the same we have a nissan tokyo we have a ne- nissan skyline that drives around this area it's cool as shit it's like oh you're on the other side you're having fun it's cool tokyo drifting around there you're already tokyo drifting yeah. on the left oh, side yeah, of the road yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so after the war is over, he returns to London um, and they're meeting each other a lot more. Uh, in, and in the summer of 1946, he is with the royal family in Balmoral, Scotland, um, and proposes marriage to the future queen. She accepts without even talking to her parents about it, which is kind of a surprise. You know, the future heir to the throne, you'd think would be a little bit more arranged. But her parents are like, no, we love Philip. This is fine. But we can't announce it yet. Um, there was a few reasons why one was some people in Britain thought Philip was too German and not British enough to marry their precious Queen Elizabeth. You mean of German descent? Queen, <laughs> Queen, <laughs> Princess you mean the, the almost Elizabeth? direct German line. Yeah. To Elizabeth? <laughs> That's just too much. German. It's I too thought, much German. I also thought you were going to say like, they thought he wasn't white because he was green. <laughs> No, if you if you look at Philip, he doesn't look like he looks like a Dane. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Because the only reason his his family was the like monarchs of Greece was because Greece was like we've run out of our royal family. Let's pick a Dane to be our king. Yeah, yeah. Vikings. <laughs> yeah, they're just a little late on the message. <laughs> yeah. Um. There was so that was one reason why they had to wait. It was kind of like you know. Mm, is he too is he too german um and also he is relatively poor despite being again the prince of greece and denmark and greece never had money yeah, <laughs> yeah they lost it all after alexander denmark we, had we money that. but yeah. they're stingy <laughs> yeah, yeah. just gonna go willy-nilly oh you're a prince well, you didn't show up to work yeah <laughs> just you weren't here you weren't here man you're out driving around in that fucking mercedes probably yeah, having a fun time on the other side of the road. <laughs> yeah, there's also the fact that it's a slightly awkward age gap when they had first met. Um, so they're six years apart, which doesn't really matter. But then you remember that they met when she was 13, and that's when they began their like correspondence. Yeah, but this is the Royals. It's Come the on. Royals, and also it's. I only bring that up because it's a fact. Everyone also, everyone around them is like, no, these two actually like really loved each other. They love each other. Plus, they're cousins. 
Plus their cousins. That's yeah. they, they got so much in common. Could you imagine if that was the concern? The age? Not nah, their cousins, though. You know, it's the age doesn't it's matter. Different. When you're cousins. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, everyone loves that movie, Leon the Professional. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Weird. He's a no. professional Navy boy. <laughs> I need someone that looks like a young man. <laughs> You've got I've the been chops. at sea for too long. That's <laughs> all I can see anymore. Young boys. Um, and the most re- important reason that the announcement had to wait, however, uh, was that a big royal trip for the entire royal family was coming up. Um, this would be to South Africa, which was still a crown dominion at the time. Oh, so they were part- the people in South Africa was like, we can't wait to hear your surprise. Come on down. <laughs> Yeah, and they took a Carnival Cruise Line down there, I'm assuming? Yeah, they basically took a Carnival Cruise Line down. Um, but they basically they didn't want to uh, distract from this visit by announcing this royal wedding coming up. So it was like, no, just keep it secret. Philip's staying. Um, he's still in the Navy, so he's still like on ships and stuff. And so Elizabeth is going to go on her very first trip overseas, um, which is pretty remarkable that she doesn't leave the country until she's 20. And she died as the most well-traveled British monarch in history kind of cool well i mean she's not exactly like counting her fucking flyer miles uh well obviously and also no one else and, had planes before yeah, and her planes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like uh yeah you know what like if if i had that kind of money i'd be everywhere all weekend and mm-hmm. then when people started protesting my private jet i would run over their houses yeah, I think that she's actually been beat by uh, Richard Branson, right? He's probably flown as a noble. Is he a noble now? Well, no, he's a sir. Well, it's also, she's not the king. This is the yeah. king or queen. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, another reason why this was so important is um, Albert, or sorry, he's George still, George the Sixth, king. He wanted to shore up support for... Uh, Jan Smoots, a South African politician who was against apartheid. You know, I'll throw that bone to him. This guy's against apartheid. Great. So the king wants to support him because he's got an upcoming election. And also, everyone knows the British Empire is on the verge of collapse in 1947. Everybody knows. Right. Right. Was this Jan Poots guy? Was he also a German trying to pick a South (laughs) African name? Jan Smoots was a Dutchman, uh, a Dutch Afrikaner who oh. was descended from like the Dutch Boers who had, he had fought against the British in the Boer War um, and now was like a British subject. Yeah, the founding member of Die Antwerp. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so as the empire is on the verge of collapse because everyone knows India is going to be independent soon. Most of their Asian holdings they know are going to be independent soon. A lot of Africa is probably going to be independent. There are some areas that are definitely not going to um, leave the empire, but will still like want more independence, like Canada. It's all all of this is happening in the background. Right. Hmm. So this trip to South Africa is a way to kind of retain what it will become to be known as the Commonwealth rather than the empire. Some way to hold on to that like Britishness, I guess. 
Um, on the trip to South Africa, Elizabeth delivered her speech that um, she's probably best remembered for. And after her funeral, you probably saw it in a lot of places. It was a recording uh, done for her 21st birthday. And in it, she basically pledges her service to all the people of the empire. That's again, about to collapse. So that one is a much shorter speech. So I'm going to send you that one too. Send it over. Well, it's a longer speech, but the important part is just this one. So, so you're telling me this is to this. That's kind of a weird thing to do. It's like, all right, we're going to collapse, but I pledge allegiance to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like they they know change is coming. They just don't know exactly what it's going to look like. So this is them trying to be like, we're going to work through it if we can. Let's hold on to like our shared identity, which is us ruling over you. Let's hold on to some of it. All right. Some semblance of that. I'm going to play this now. Yes. So this, uh, hold on. So this part that we're playing um, is the, like, it's the main part of it that everyone brought up all over, like, for the rest of her life because they think it is uh, emblematic of her dedication to being queen. It was whilst in South Africa that the princess came of age. To mark the occasion, she broadcast to the peoples of the British Commonwealth her vow in the following words. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join in it with me, as I now invite you to do. I know that your support will be unfailingly given God help me to make good my vow. And God bless all of you who are willing to share in it. The British public were delighted with the new activities in the princess's life. She was happy. She was busy. Oh, that narrator is the best. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I do like him. He laughed. He was like, <laughs> and here she is coming of age as we witness her amongst the people. Um... She looks like she would be really annoying. Like, I know this <laughs> is what most people in the 40s look like. Well, just the face, the lips, it's, it's the, makeup the accent. Style. I don't know. It's like you. I don't trust these rich people. I think her eyes are too close together. They are too close together. <laughs> these royals are up to something. I could yeah. see that they started the lizard skin graft. Yeah. yeah, that looks the, like real. The radiation humans. was in the air now, so they could start coming out. Yeah. Also, like she didn't say anything. You know, these these. Oh, not, all, it's all empty. Yeah, it's just like I, I need your help uh, with, with, with. I alone do not have the strength to show support. It's like what? What are you saying? You're just show. You're just there. You're just yeah. there <laughs> on vacation on a boat that's probably powered by the the hands of black people, literally being cut off. <laughs> And thrown into the fucking, like, the fuel reservoir. Like, these people are not, they're not trustworthy. She's shifty looking. And she looks a lot like Philip. Well, yeah, they're oh, third cousins. cousins. Yeah. Imagine. God, what a terrible, terrible world we live in. Mm -hmm. Also, the music in the background of that kind of sounded like Star Wars. Okay. I didn't. I didn't catch the music, uh, but I'll, I'll trust you. <laughs> dude, it was a beat, dude. It was a banger. In it. 
So loyalist. <laughs> indeed, within only three months of this trip concluding, uh, the empire would quote unquote collapse because uh, India and Pakistan are partitioned and declare independence from Britain. And the only reason Britain was called the British Empire was because Victoria was crowned Empress of India. Well, now there's no India. So now uh, King George, who at the time his signature was King George the Sixth, or no, it was George Rex Imperator. So George King Emperor the Sixth. And so after the partition of India, now he's just George Rex. <laughs> yeah, and and that partition went very well. Oh yeah, famously, famously. smooth, yeah. easy Fam- transition. Yeah, famously, uh, the world will not end on that border. I tell you what, <laughs> definitely not going to be a nuclear exchange there. Yep, definitely uh, driving up the price of bed sheets on that border. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So after uh, they're back from the trip as well, on July 9th, 1947, it's finally time they announced that Philip Mountbatten and Elizabeth, the heir to the throne, are to be engaged. Um, they get married pretty shortly after. Pointedly not invited to the wedding uh, were any of Philip's Nazi marrying sisters. Uh, neither were their husbands, partly because they just weren't invited and partly because they had died in World War II fighting the British or the Russians. (laughs) Okay. So they're not coming to the wedding. Oh. And also not invited to the wedding um, was Elizabeth's uncle, the former King Edward and his Baltimore tramp Wallace Simpson. They were not invited to the wedding. Well, I mean, who would invite them? They're broke anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They actually never were allowed in England again after his abdication. I, I'd imagine that she'd probably sent a few containers of Old Bay as a wedding gift. <laughs> yeah. A gift of my people to use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the day before the wedding, King George VI uh, makes sure to bestow a series of titles on Philip. Um, despite already being the Prince of Greece and Denmark, they needed something a little more Britishness. So instead of his daughter marrying just some Joe Schmo prince, he's, she's now marrying the Duke of Edinburgh. He is also made the Earl of Marioneth, and he's also made the Baron Greenwich of Greenwich in the County of London. That's English dude, that's, as hell, dude. That's a great title. Yes. There's also the Baron of Greenwich, New York during the 80s, and we're not going to go into what ha- happened there, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Probably a lot of the same sexual intercourse that was going on in the British nobility. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so the ceremony takes place uh, November 20th, 1947. It's the, uh, I believe it's the first royal wedding ever broadcast on BBC Radio, reaching 200 million people worldwide. And the couple goes on a exotic honeymoon to Scotland. Oh. <laughs> hey, uh, I hear that they I hear that they fry Twinkies up here, honey. You're gonna love it. You're it's, gonna get some urn, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> Let's we'll just bring our own currency because their currency's shot. Yeah. <laughs> they drink iron water. 
They're scum. Yeah. <laughs> it's orange. It looks like rust. They're yeah. like the people of the Bahamas and the Caribbean islands. Scum. Hey, and guess what? They're not gay, but they wear skirts. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Philip's like, yeah, they're not gay. That's right. Correct. Correct. Prince that's, like, that's right. Prince yes. Philip's like, I would like to meet the Scottish person that uh, teaches their pug to Nazi salute. Yeah. Like that guy. <laughs> Guy's great. I want to see if he knows my sister. Yeah. I love that dude. Let's get him on the show. I'd like to have him on. <laughs> Uh, so during this time, the newlyweds were now officially known as the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh. <laughs> Whoa, is that your dog? <laughs> yeah, he does it every time he drinks water. Oh, that's awesome. He's probably just so <laughs> full of water then. <laughs> He's like, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing ever comes out. It's always just a dry cough that makes that noise. Well, he's not dehydrated. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, so <clears throat> during this time after their wedding, they're taking part in all their usual royal household activities. Uh, this is like diplomatic tours, charitable drives, things like that. Philip is still an active Royal Navy officer, so he's still serving on ships or serving in the naval offices in London. And the next step in their lives doesn't wait too much longer. Only a few months after the wedding, Elizabeth announces her pregnancy to the people of Britain. So now... She, this is going to be the future. This is the king. Right. This is him. Well, this is now. the king. We're already up to the story where the current king of England is in it. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, so you're telling me Philip is out there yelling at semen and then also yelling semen into Elizabeth. Yeah. He's, uh, he's doing a little more than yelling into her, I think. No, yelling semen. Oh, like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> projecting... He yelled semen when he came. Projecting, yes. but instead of with his vocal cords, with his penis cords. Yeah. That is a that is a noble trait. Your, your penis screams when you come. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so royal, and that's how they know. <laughs> you see, your your body parts have to be able to give off noise, so you know, not you, but the staff knows when to bring you a pop tart and right. some, well, what, <laughs> some yeah, they're, refreshment. They're also- yeah, they're also British, so they're uncircumcised. So it's more like. That's an image that will not leave for a while. Yep. <laughs> um, so one issue that arose when Elizabeth was pregnant is that there was a British custom where the home secretary so that's like the British version of, I don't know what the American version actually is of the um, secretary, home secretary, maybe secretary of state, but that I think the secretary of state does foreign affairs. I don't know. Anyway, secretary I want to, I'm going to, I kind of want to look it up because I want to look up um, who the equivalent in America would be, because apparently there's a Royal custom where this guy, whoever he was, was always on hand to witness royal births. Oh, that's, oh. that's a hell of a gig. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's his job to be like, yep, that baby came out of that vagina. So he hands out the cigars, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could imagine someone who looked like Jeff Sessions uh, in almost any <laughs> operating room. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Sessions is smoking a fat Cuban. Yeah. What are you doing here? I'm just here to watch the baby. That's my job. 
Yeah, there's no real direct equivalent. Um, the closest is like a mix between the Attorney General and the Secretary of State. So Jeff Sessions is a great call. Like it'd be like if Jeff Sessions had to watch um, if Ivanka was going to give birth. <laughs> Like I, I gotta sit and I gotta be there and see her. I gotta watch it happen. I think it's great. I think more officials need roles like that and less actual important things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, someone while this like when they were initially thinking about this, Elizabeth was like, "I don't mind. It's tradition. Whatever." Her dad is a little, the king. Is kind of like I don't know if I really want anyone standing in the room, but it, if it's tradition, whatever. He's not going to be like right there. You know, he's just got to be in the room. (laughs) However, (laughs) that's what you think. Because, well, I don't know. Because the British, though, were in this process of like transitioning out of empire into whatever the future would be. But like clearly something no longer that was just the empire of Britain at its center. um, They found out that a law had been passed in 1931 that. What it did was guaranteed equal status on, quote, the king's imperial dominions, which mean that, like, no, all the dominions were to be treated equally, like the dominion of Great Britain, but then also the dominion of Canada and Australia and New Zealand and South Africa and India at the time and Pakistan after the partition. So all of the dominions of England were equal, which meant that all of the home ministers of every single dominion was entitled to be in the birthing room. <laughs> I think she is going to have a very, very nice baby. <laughs> and then the guys, then the guys like, Oh yeah. I love what this is a boot. Yeah. 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 The Australian well, guys like, she looks like, <laughs> yeah, to be these are paper towels. Shortage, I'll have to lick that up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so when that gets out and apparently a few of the home ministers were all like, well, hey, we're equal partners. If the British one's going to be there, we're going to be there. Uh, so then that's when the king steps in and goes, we are going to end this, quote, archaic custom. And it is abolished. <laughs> but Elizabeth almost had um, close to a dozen other people to attend the birth of Charles Philip Arthur George Windsor. You know just what? I, as many British names as you can in there. I think that they should have just kept let him come. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yes, that is a lot. That is the most British of names you can fit into one name. I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to mention another little scandal that happened during the pregnancy is that Philip was spotted dancing with the actress Pat Kirkwood in a nightclub in London. Oh, let's look up oh. Pat Kirkwood real quick. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely look up Pat. Um, Kirkwood? Pat Kirkwood. Now, it is claimed by both Philip um, and Miss Kirkwood and their companions that they were out with that night that it was actually um, Philip's friend who was courting Mrs. Hartwood or Miss Hartwood. And Philip went along to try and help his friend get with her. Oh, that was the story they went with. Oh, you need he the was Prince of England to wingman you. Yeah, yeah I don't buy the, it. The, the Duke of Edinburgh is wingmanning for his bro. Yo, Pat Kirkwood is much hotter than the Queen. Uh, she yeah. does have very British teeth, uh, which is bad uh, historically. She's like <laughs> a she's like a clean Amy Winehouse. She's, like if Amy is, Winehouse ever took a shower. She's very yeah. She's cute. She's very cute. This one, with the exception yeah. of teeth, don't smile as much. So um, instead, um, 
that's the story they go with. And I, I, I kind of can buy that, you know. If no. you're if you are slightly friends with the Duke of Edinburgh and there's an actress that has talked to you once, you would say like, "Hey, can you set like make sure we go out again?" Look, um, I'm reading off a very reputable newspaper, The Sun. Oh yes, uh, we're gonna talk a lot about The Sun next next time, I believe. Who was Pat Kirkwood? What were the Prince Philip rumor affairs? Who were her husbands? movies did she appear in? so the fact that they even mentioned it means that it's true everything's true here yeah, uh, I, whatever that I'm not even going to read the article but dirty it's got to be true they wrote it on the internet Prince yeah, and it's the sun it's the and sun the sun doesn't lie next, if you go to the next page you'll get to see tits so of course it's true yeah, yeah there's guys with face tattoos on the side and some kind of advert so obviously you can trust um, that I've actually used this tactic before when I was in the dating scene. I used to be like, hey, you know what? I'm friends with si comedian Simbad. And then they'd be like, yeah, right. And I'd call up Simbad and Simbad would show up. Be like, remember me? I was in first kid. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd leave. Yeah. Uh, so as I said, Philip born on November 14th, 1948 at Charles. Buckingham Palace. Right. Not Philip. You're right. Charles. Charles Philip. Charles Philip oh, Charles Arthur Phil George Windsor. That's what it is. Nice. CPEG. That's what they call him. CPEG? <laughs> <laughs> uh, his father, uh, who at the time of the birth was, I believe, playing either badminton or polo, um, described the newborn baby as a plum pudding. Uh, <laughs> oh, plum pudding. <laughs> it's very old fashioned. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's better than like a like a like a pork pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like a vegan lasagna. <laughs> uh, it was just after the birth of Charles uh, that another very important development occurred for the United Kingdom. India, which had only recently become independent, was independent in the same way it was a dominion. It was like a Canada, Australia, New Zealand, where. They do their all their own things, all their own laws, but the monarch of Great Britain is the head of state and is on a lot of the money. It's the showmanship, right? Like, that's yeah, really it's like, all it does. Yeah, and it's like we're all part of, like, you're loosely connected. I think, like, there's, like, travel laws that are easier if you're in this, if, like, for British and Canadians and all those people. Okay. I'm not sure. It's just classy. That's yeah. But what India does at this time is they say, well, we want to become a republic where we would have an elected president as head of state, the way the U.S. does and no, lots of don't. other no, countries. No, 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 you don't. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do yeah. that. I mean, I half agree with you, Travis. You definitely don't want that. But <laughs> yeah. you, no, also you definitely don't, don't want, you don't want, want do anything. No, I've always said that the ideal government would be like, I don't know how to do the actual government part, but you still elect the head of state who just represents your country but has no actual political power right yeah like because trump monarchy. would be fine in that role where it's like he's the most american person he's just a big dumb rich man that's what americans all want like and he can go bumble and do funny stupid things and not have the nuclear codes we what you're saying is we need more trump no 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 no, no, no. that's what <laughs> no, i heard no 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 i'm fine with that <laughs> not that 
I heard that's yeah, no, what I we heard. We need a constitutional mo- monarchy. It starts with Hulk Hogan. He he may have Hulk Hogan would have been a great tape. pick for this. Yeah, you know, um, I have fucked up with that sex tape, but you know George what? W. Bush. George W. Bush might have never left this role if this was all, his only job was to just like go meet other people and represent America on the world stage. Just think, be a dumb yeah. Texan and make funny s- stories. No, we need and we, stupid paintings. <laughs> I think the the great middle point now is someone who has literally stunned Trump on stage, despite his genius, <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, he'd be yeah. if yeah. if yeah. we had him as a figurehead of pretty much any country, just like name a country, yeah, just and it'll be better Indonesia. if you put a guy like it'll there be better if it who goes Stone Cold, who goes to these fucking press meetings and goes, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't. Let me get a hell yeah, and that's yeah, it. Like yeah. the, things will work themselves out if you just don't imagine, pretend that you care yeah just imagine queen elizabeth in 1995 so she's still a little bit an old lady just getting stone cold by steve austin when he goes on his state visit to england that'd be fucking awesome yeah you know, that'd be you know what? i mean yeah. she does have the title of scorpion king at this point right right <laughs> Um, so when India decides that they want to become a republic, um, it sets off another round of panic of like, all right, well, what does it mean to actually be British? Like, are we going to say no? Like, if they say no, then what happens? If um, So what they come up with is a strange sort of compromise where all the dominions are free to leave and elect their own heads of state. And even Australia, New Zealand, they could do this. They just haven't chosen to. Um, but a lot of former dominions have, including South Africa. Um, they can leave, but remain part of what was called the Commonwealth. It used to be the British Commonwealth, but now they're changing it to just Commonwealth. And well, when companies do that, they just shorten it. To like, I uh, don't really understand still what it means. Um, basically, it's like a, you have your own head of state, but you acknowledge... You just acknowledge that the the king or queen of England exists almost, and it's like you're in the club. Well, well of course you exist. Think, yeah. One of the things I think is funny is that Canada still has a govern like a royal <clears throat> governor as just like a figurehead. They don't yeah. do anything. Well, that's that's like a tighter like thing because they're still a dominion of the crown, yeah. whereas um, it's basically like the the crown has. The Dominion of Great Britain, which is what England, Britain, what they think of today, which is England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. They also, the crown owns Canada, which does whatever Canada wants. So, like, that's how they, like, justify it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then the Commonwealth is, like, the all the dominions plus India, which was once a dominion and is now independent, but they still say, like, hey, you're, we like you still. Yeah, but... They get to do. They get to play in the Commonwealth Games. I think that's the only practical effect of this. I mean, it's for cricket. It's really for cricket, probably. India is one of those like hyper corrupt places where they just like shit on everyone. The culture is garbage. They just they could do whatever they want. I don't think anyone would care. Uh, Places like Australia that are cool, um, Canada. I don't know. South Africa is a rough one. They should like so they you 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 said that they are separated. They're not part of the Commonwealth, correct? Uh, no, they're not a dominion. They are part of the Commonwealth. They are part of the Commonwealth, but they're not okay. Yeah, you see, the point <laughs> see, I'm trying to make right now weird. is that it doesn't matter. None of this matters at all. I, I think Canada's they've lost their dominionship now. I I think 
I think so. Why with Trudeau? No, Canada is still a dominion Third of the dominion crown. Still? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. The I'm double checking it now. So this is all like part of the decolonization. Um, they're oh, what the fuck? It's so confusing. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, India says we don't want to have um, the the King of England as our head of state, but we still want to be like part of this group of nations. Right. So they make like, they make up the Commonwealth. They make it up. Like, All governments made up. Yeah. So they're right. like eighty years from now, we want to elect a new king called Modi, and he's gonna make giant ass fucking statues and just run as a totalitarian idiot. Wait, who yeah. are you talking Wait. about, Moby? Not Moby. <laughs> <laughs> Modi. Oh. Um, so Sounds here's... like a mobile network, but it's the president slash king of India. Nice. Here's a uh, quick thing that goes over. This is from the Wikipedia on the Commonwealth of Nations. Member states have no legal obligations to one another, but are connected through their use of English language and historical ties. So again, it doesn't really mean anything. It's like we're part of a club or a nation's club. Yeah, and I'm no sure... one else is allowed in. I'm sure that goes over real well in Quebec. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this all happens right after Charles is born. And the Commonwealth is basically what Elizabeth is going to dedicate the rest of her life to. So her big this is like her big achievement is even though the British Empire collapses and the monarchs have even less power than ever before, because of the Commonwealth of Nations, all of these people still look up to her. And that's why she's been such an important figure for the last 80 years. Because, oh. like, instead of France, where they, like, fought tooth and nail to hold on to the empire and then got kicked out of all these places, and so no one wanted to look to France, like the former French colonies, the former British colonies, there were still significant populations in a lot of these places that were like, yeah, hello, we'll be friendly, fine. Right, just... like, like America, how we should be. No, we no. said fuck no, off. No, 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 no. <laughs> what you're saying is that every country in the Commonwealth... And then the Dominion is just a massive cuck who can't yes. get over their last girlfriend. No! <laughs> Who's like, oh, but we broke up on good terms, so we'll here's still be it, friends, even though really you have is. nothing on common. And the only reason you, you started hanging out was because you were getting raped regularly. It's a, no, it's a bunch of countries that wanted to do the Olympics without the Russians, the Americans, and South America. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, cool kids club. Because they, they held the Commonwealth Games, and that's like the most in the modern world, that's really what's the most important thing that's endured from this, is that cool they do a different club. Olympics. Oh, they have games. So sick. So sick. Yeah. Amazing. You know, I'm um, just saying, I don't want George Geo Washington on my bill. I want Queenie and Kingy on my bill. Yeah. So back to Elizabeth. Um, She's still not queen. George the uh, sixth. He's not doing great. He's getting a little sickly and old, but he's still chugging along. And Elizabeth has said that the years between her marriage and when she um, is coronated are the happiest of her life. Um, she has her royal duties still, um, but nothing overly demanding. And Philip takes on a royal posting in Malta, which is an island nation in the Mediterranean. And is also a crown uh, dominion. Come on, don't don't treat our audience like that. They all know where Malta is. All right, it's this tiny little place. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a place where all the Crusaders come from. It's where the Glo New World Orders lives. Yeah, the Saint John's Knights. Yeah. Um, so and also because they're royal uh, British people, they just leave the baby behind because that's what you do. 
Um, she yeah. was basically Elizabeth was basically raised by her grandparents, um, King George V and Alexandra, rather than her parents Albert and Elizabeth, because that's what they do. You leave the kid behind, and then the parents go away, and come check in on them every now and then. That's how child care should be. Leave them in the streets. Who cares? Yeah. Let them eat shrimp out of the gutter and the trash. Mm-hmm. Whatever builds character. <laughs> she um, especially <laughs> she especially loved the time on Malta because she could be much more anonymous. She basically lived the life of a rich Royal Navy officer, which is a pretty dope life. No one really knows who she is in, the, in Malta. She can cut, walk, but you know, go down to the shops, hang out, and have like tea with her friends. Uh, one of her friends at the time was a, a different Royal Navy officer's wife said that her favorite thing was to go out and do her own shopping, even for like groceries and stuff, but that she always was really bad when it came time to check out because she didn't know how to handle money because she had never handled money before. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? So she's probably walking around with like just bully, gold bullion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like a stack of bills, like a, how like, much for the tomato? Yeah. yeah, like a sack, like a sack of jewels, right? Will there, this emerald be enough? Pound? How does pound work? <laughs> pound Should I get on the scale? Of silver? <laughs> but these tomatoes aren't fourteen pound. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. So, despite all this um, enjoyment in life, when they're living in Malta you know, hanging out. Phillips becoming like the captains of ships now. He's getting better and better postings. He's enjoying his Royal Navy life. Something happened that uh, will haunt Elizabeth for the rest of her life and has kind of made her into the public figure she is today. We mentioned Marion Crawford. Crawfee. Crawdads. Right, the craw. Yeah. She was um, a Scottish governess for Elizabeth and Margaret, which is basically like a mix of nanny and tutor and mom because mom's not around. So basically the woman that raises um, Elizabeth and Margaret. So back in the day, she would have been a wet nurse. They would have been sucking her titties. No, no, no. Um, More than that, because she's like, uh, yeah, just like she's the mom. She's like the one who raises them. And then they they meet mom on the weekends type of Ah, thing. See, I like this. This is smart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, Crawford, or Crawfee, as the girls called her, had retired uh, just after Elizabeth's wedding, basically saying like, oh, she's a married woman now. My work is done. And everyone loves her. And they give her a house or uh, apartments in Buckingham Palace that she's allowed to live in. Um, And she's just like, you know, one of the family that everyone loves. Um, but that does not last because in 1950, probably under pressure from her husband, who was an alcoholic and a gambler, Crawford, um, after receiving a bunch of offers, decides to publish an account of her time as governess under the title The Little Princesses. Uh, it was first published in American, in American magazine, like serially published, and then was published in England. And it was an instant bestseller because eventually it's sold as a book and rocks the royal family because of how many intimate details are in the book. It's basically like Crawford's diary accounts of raising the Elizabeth and Margaret. So is it is there dirty stuff? What's in it? What's the gossip? One of like the gossip, it's 1950. The gossip is like Elizabeth said, oh, my goodness, once and was yelled at by her grandma. Oh, dude, you can say that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not juicy at all by today's standards, but this was kind of the first moment that the royal family ever like ever had lost control of the story in a way. Like even with Wallace, the all the newspapers were favorable to the royal family image. So like they didn't like Wallace, but they weren't like portraying everything is going terribly. It was more like, what message do you want out there? Right. And this they is had, the first time they had no control over it. They hadn't had their hmm. Romanoff moment where the Rasputin walks in. He's like, I oh, got a big old cock and I fucking... You mean, you mean their first cousins, the Romanovs? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they never had their first cousins event, right? Yeah. Like, the oh. Cousin Nikki, who they were friendly and acquainted with. Yeah. yeah Wait, yeah. their first cousins? Yeah. Uh, well, no, like her um, grandparents uh, were first cousins with the Romanovs. Amazing. Well, that, so like the Tsarina would be Elizabeth's second cousin, I think. Right. That was like that was Vicky's whole big master plan was to unite Europe by sending her children out throughout Europe. Yeah. That marrying every not, foreign state. Yeah. But that didn't work out too well. No. Instead, they all just killed each other and yeah. led countrymen to their millions dead. Yeah. So, uh, so this um, rocks everybody. Everyone's real pissed. Uh, she's immediately kicked out of her uh, royal apartments. Um, is just taboo. Never spoken of or two again. Um, she moves. She, her husband dies not too long after. And uh, it's reported that she, uh, Crawfee tried to kill herself on multiple occasions after all of this because Women she are... was so ostracized from the family. Women are so bad at doing that. <laughs> They're just... At really bad at killing themselves yeah men are way more efficient it's not hard you just jump off a thing (laughs) at one point crawfee buys a apartment or a house or is living in an apartment um that's on the road to balmoral castle which is elizabeth's favorite like of the royal properties it's where she died it's where she spent most of like her time as a royal if she didn't have to be in buckingham palace was in balmoral and Crawfee buys a house on the only road to the castle. Nice. <laughs> Just like hoping maybe one day they'll say hello and like, forgive me for what I did. Um, <laughs> she's once quoted as saying, the world has passed me by and I can't bear those I love to pass me by on the road. Oh, uh, okay. So your life is a metaphor now for your own life. Oh yeah. She did not have a great finish. Um, when uh, eventually there's one anecdote where um, a aide mishears her, like that she's talking about someone named like Paulchley or something like that and says Paulchley, but this person mishears them and thinks that she said Crawfee and goes, oh, how is uh, Miss Crawfee? And the queen just did not respond and just like moved on. So like no one even was allowed to bring her up in her presence. Oh, I think what a, I think little Dookie has made a Dookie on the carpet. That's worth five million pounds. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, I believe you asked me about a certain Crawfee woman. Would you please take that poopy and put it in your <laughs> mouth and leave my presence forever and do not spit out the poopy? Um, so, Elizabeth, <laughs> uh, when, when Crawfee eventually dies in 1988, None of the royal family members, um, like the press shows up to her funeral to be like, oh, what's going to happen? And there's no flowers, no wreath, no no card, no nothing from the royal family at all. Even though she raised these girls until they're like 23. She was out. She wrote a book. She She wrote a book. She shouldn't shouldn't have been so literate. 
Yeah. Dude, I'm sure the reputable uh, uh, newspaper The Sun was there. Oh, oh absolutely. Well, of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? Um, on August 15th, 1950, just after the all the book drama, uh, Elizabeth gives birth to her second child, Anne Elizabeth Alice Louise Windsor. Another mouthful. Yeah, another a lot of uh, European sounding names. Yeah. Going so this is uh, Princess Anne. And it was after Anne's birth that the royal duties finally consumed Elizabeth's life. Um, up until then, she could kind of, you know, play the part of an art naval officer's wife on a few months and then come back and do her royal stuff and then go on vacation and then go back to being living in Malta. But George VI is in failing health. So she has to fill in as like an official monarch, like ruling in his stead more and more. Um, and one of these duties was a long awaited trip to Australia. Uh, George had not been to Australia uh, since before World War II. Um, so they wanted to like get back, you know, see the people and hang cheer out, them up again. Hang out with some bogans and some bin chickens. Yeah, exactly. Have some Victoria bitters. <laughs> yeah. Have some great-grandmother bitters. So Elizabeth and Philip are sent in his stead because uh, he's not doing too hot. Uh, he's got lung cancer. Of course, no one knows this, but, well, they know it, but they're not telling the public. Um, so it doesn't look like he's going to last long, but they still want the um, Elizabeth and Phil to head down, down under. Um, their first stop, though, was Kenya because Kenya is still one of the... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just sending a picture. Did you, did you guys get that picture? No, I just got the caption. Now, so oh, I yeah. shit. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta send the picture. I was like, is this a bit? What, what does this mean? <laughs> no, look at that. No, it's Princess Anne wearing pit vipers, I think. Oh, it, yeah. Basically, dude. pit vipers. Why like, is it recently. making me. It's saying download? Yeah, just download it. It's oh. a picture. She's Zoom absolutely it. wearing pit vipers. Or right here. Never mind. I was trying to be slick. Try I don't have it. permission to save in this location. I don't know what's going on. Hold on. Click this link. Wait, it won't. There you are. I'm she leaving sure this all about. in. I don't feel like editing. This is going out tomorrow. <laughs> she, sure, she sure knows about eyewear. She looks Hard awesome as hell. Oh, wow. She looks great. That's, that is a look. I think we're going to talk about her more next time. Um, Trav, so definitely that just down. include that image. <laughs> All right. So the first stop on this big grand tour is Kenya. Uh, they are staying at a wildlife resort that's built into the treetops. And Elizabeth gets to witness a pretty cool sight. It's two male water bucks, which is a type of antelope, are fighting one another. And one of them, um, while her and the party are all watching, one of them is gored by the other and staggers away bleeding while the other one walks away triumphant. So she asks uh, one of the guides and says, like, can you find out what happened? Like, because, you know, they see him walking away wounded and the guide goes, finds the antelope dead, clearly had died of the wound. He doesn't tell her that exactly. All he says is, oh, it's been a leopard's dinner, basically. Now, the reason I say this is because she was not told at the time 
that it was a local uh, legend of the Kikuyu, which is the Bantu people of Kenya, um, that the killing of one water buck by another is an omen that foretells the death of a great chieftain. And who would be a bigger great chieftain than uh, her father, George VI? Because the next night, February 5th, 1952, George dies in his sleep. And Elizabeth is one of the last people to know that he is dead because the news has to travel slowly from London to Kenya before Philip's secretary informs Philip of what happens. And Philip has to go tell Elizabeth that she is now the queen of England. Wow. In Kenya. Yeah, in Kenya. Do you think that Bantu omen was invented that day? Oh, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It had to have been. Yeah. So that's where we're going to stop part one. She is now queen, but we'll start off next episode with her coronation and then take us through her reign. Wow. Hell yeah. Well, I'm I'm not going to say anything because there's a whole other episode to go. I just want to say thank you, Connor. Yeah, now we get to actually talk about Queen Elizabeth, not heir presumptive Elizabeth. I'm just going to say, I mean, you haven't said too much bad things yet, but preemptively, fuck you, Connor. (laughs) More of just, um, I don't have any more animus towards her anymore. It's more just the idea of monarchy in general. Which is why I started with all the stupidness of how it got to this point. Fuck you, Connor. (laughs) I'm on your team, Connor. Don't let that portland loyalist get on your case yeah <laughs> i want i want to let travis benedict arnold us yeah oh hell yeah he's done it once before he'll do it again mm-hmm. oh well no thanks for bringing that in i can't wait to learn all the fake news you're gonna tell me we're all we're gonna learn so much fake news yeah everyone uh thanks for listening to the show so far tune in next week when we get into it um we're filming this on the night of Yom Kippur, so I will be uh, not editing this at all. It's going up raw. Oh, baby. I'm going to leave the bathroom breaks in. Maybe you got not a belly those. full of brisket? Don't leave the bathroom way? breaks in. <laughs> uh, I'll take out the bathroom breaks. But uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we love you over here. Give us your money at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Remember, we all have huge cans. Yeah, we promise not to send it to any British people again. Yeah, and just imagine imagine us as, like, we do all, the three of us have really big tits. We do. So when you are signing up and choosing how much you're going to give us, keep that in mind. Just remember that. And I'll rate your cock. You send it to me, I'll rate it. Oh, that's a dangerous game, Travis. (laughs) Travis will. Travis exclusively will. Yeah, just send it to him. You can find him on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Um, and good night, everyone. And right, um, good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. As the British uh, nobles say, thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> <laughs> That famous British phrase. Yeah. <laughs>